the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Hey everyone, it is episode 12. I cannot believe it. Time flies when you're having fun. This is the halfway point of season two of the Leadership Lessons podcast, and I'm super excited for today's episode. It's going to be so good, but don't worry. We have another 12 episodes coming full of great content, but today we're going to talk about loving our city from a couple of local legends here in Delray Beach, Florida. A guest lesson and a one piece of advice. Uh, the one piece of advice is from uh, Pastor Vince Putman uh, over at Trinity Lutheran Church. And then we're going to have Casey share a guest lesson. And man, when I first moved to Delray Beach, Casey was one of the guys I first met with him, uh, Pastor John O'Brien, um, Allison. Uh, these guys were just doing great work in our city and we would always bump into each other and I just knew we were like-minded and so uh, we've grown into having a great relationship, a good friendship, praying for one another before uh, Sunday mornings for services, for different things like that and just doing ministry together and it is such a blessing to be able to do ministry with both of these pastors in my area and so I asked Pastor Casey to do a guest lesson uh, on something that we've talked about a lot about loving our city, about how How do we practically proclaim the gospel to those that don't know Jesus, to those that are far from God or not even in our church? They don't want anything to do with our church. How do we reach out and love them and share the love of Jesus with them? And so um, I'm really excited for you to hear from this brother. He does a great work over at the Avenue Church, leading that congregation and just really leading in our city an example of what it is to um, just preach the good news and love people. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this guest lesson by my friend, Pastor Casey Cleveland. Well, hey, leaders. Uh, My name is Casey, and uh, I get to serve as uh, lead pastor of the Avenue Church, and I'm super grateful to be here with my brother and uh, friend, uh, Daniel, uh, with Redemption Church. Um, Daniel asked me to come and share with you guys a little bit about uh, something the Lord's helped us with. Uh, as it pertains to loving the city. Uh, So we're going to be examining what that kind of looks like for us in our context, and hopefully that'll be helpful uh, to you guys. Hey, quick story. So uh, Avenue Church started about seven years ago from a conversation in a local coffee shop here in Delray called the Coffee District. I met a guy who was in the recovery industry, and uh, he invited me into his world and forever changed mine. Uh, From that, we launched the Avenue Church, and uh, that was about seven years ago. Um, And from that particular point, we have just been learning about grace, we've been learning about people. Uh, Most of all, we've been learning about Jesus and and how he calls us into uh, one family uh, with with diverse backgrounds. So it's cool how the gospel does that. Along that way, we were maybe two, three years in, um, and there was this guy that decided to come in from Seattle. We weren't sure about him. He was like a little younger, cooler, like uh, a bit more hip than we were. And we kind of thought that Delray was ours. And Jesus was like, no, no, no. You can't do it on your own. You need brothers, sisters, you need friends. Uh, you need an evangelist. And, and it's, it seemed like the city like needed an evangelist. And that was Daniel and, uh, and his crew. And so it was really cool because we went through a process, just us being a new church plan ourselves of being a little bit like, 
um, man, what do we do with this guy, with his team? He's got a similar vision and like, what now, Lord? And it was just so awesome to, to be humbled through that process and to um, learn what it means to love your city, but like to have a desire for your city to be saturated with the gospel more than just your church name. And so it was a cool season where God reoriented our hearts. He used Daniel Redemption to do that. And now he continues to use Daniel and uh, Redemption Church and all that he's a part of to uh, reorient people's hearts. So we're super grateful for that. So um, our, our sort of thing uh, in Delray has, has always been uh, loving the city. Um, it's as if um, people think our church is bigger than we are. We're not, we're not super big, but it seems like the city, if you were to ask somebody who doesn't go, because most people in the city don't go to our church, if you were to ask them, they'd be like, oh yeah, Avenue Church, you know, and, and they kind of have, I think, this perception that the Avenue Church is a lot of places, and it's, it's kind of been our, our desire to really go to the city, and so we're excited about that, um, and I want to just kind of unpack for you how we got there, and kind of maybe one tool that's helped us, kind of a framework of seeing things. Um, we, we do some, there's this idea of different math uh, now, um, and, and the math would look like this, where a hundred is greater than a million. Um, read you a quote that, that kind of uh, describes that, that new math that we're um, investigating, I think Jesus lived by, and I think would be super healthy, not only for us as a church, but maybe for you guys to think about before we launch into the specific framework that we love the city with. So check out this new math. Yeah, this is a quote from uh, Paul Graham, um, and he's from this innovative uh, think tank uh, that, that helps to uh, support new um, businesses. It's better to have 100 people who love you than finding a million people who just sort of like you. Build your business one person at a time. Focus on 100 people. If they love you, they will market the product for you and tell everyone else. Go to your users. Do one scalable thing one person at a time. It's actually that simple. That's the secret. That's all you need um, to do. They went on to fund things like Airbnb, things like that. Um, it was this idea of what is it that, that we can do that a hundred people would like love and die for, um, rather than, you know, a million people might kind of like, uh, you can see that Jesus operated his ministry the same way, like really pouring himself into the 12 to then go reach the many rather than trying to reach the many all the time and neglecting the 12. And so, man, for us that that's, you know, it's kind of been a, a loving your city type thing and trying to love uh, people where they are. Um, our context in Delray here is we, in, in our church, uh, which I think reflects the city, is there's quite a few from the recovery population and there's quite a few from uh, what is lovingly called the normie population, uh, people who don't come from a substance abuse uh, background. And so uh, what we've been trying to do well is create a family out of the two. Uh, which isn't always uh, the most natural or easy thing. And um, in order for us to do that, we have uh, implemented the sort of the John 20 rule, if you will. John 20, 19 through 22 reads like this. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. This is his resurrection appearance and said, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
Um, this has kind of been our guiding principle, and this is what I want to unpack a little bit for us today in our, in our time together and how this, how this has been working out. The, the driving principle of as Jesus was sent, so he now sends us. So I want to look um, a little bit at how Jesus was sent. And for us to do that, we use um, sort of a, a four-circle uh, paradigm, if you will, that was developed by a guy named uh, Dr. Paul Tripp. And it's love, no, speak, do. That's love, no, speak, do, in that order. Uh, and the idea is that um, you first have to love um, a people or a city or a person, uh, and then you have to know them. Uh, then you uh, have earned the right to begin to speak relevant truth into their life. And then you can begin the process of doing, of living that out and, and walking with them. And so um, for us, just kind of exploring um, what each of those circles looks like and, and how, how that's been um, working itself out. The first one is, is love. Um, and it's important to get these in the right order. I mean, every now and then you might move right into speak or right into do, depending on how the Spirit's leading. But for the most part, I think sometimes Christians are really quick to jump into like speak and do without spending the necessary time um, walking through love and know. And so we've, we've tried to honor and value this process in this order. And the first one is love. And so we, we think about how did Jesus love the world? Uh, well, well, the first thing he did is uh, he entered into the world. He left his own world and entered into our world. And so for us, as it pertains to the city, man, we just, we try to leave our own world, which is sort of, you know, like where we're doing this thing, right? He's like, kind of, these are kind of our surroundings. This makes sense to us. And we try to enter the world of the city, uh, whether that's um, being intentional about trying to have meetings out in public rather than, you know, kind of behind closed doors, depending on the nature of the meeting, whether it's trying to be intentional about doing some of your email checking or study out versus in, um, whether it's joining things like the chamber, whether it's um, trying to schedule uh, meetings with, with people in their environment, like the mayor, the, the wh whoever it might be. Our, our first move here in the city um, because of you know the what we're trying to do which is love the city has to be an outward move and so um you know you you, you figure out the places of your city where you can have a relevant space no i'm not talking about awkward or weird i'm just talking about joining the natural flow of your city and then you just go tim keller talks about it as a faithful presence we don't we're not i don't have a three-point message there's no like altar calls there's no tracks pamphlets anything like that the first step is just like showing up and being a person filled with the love and spirit of Christ and being a part of the community. The second step uh, is then no. And this is, a, this is sort of a circle, if you will, that's filled with questions. And um, we try to be a church that would be uh, known for better questions uh, rather than just statement after statement after statement. Um, and, and what that means is um, in order to ask good questions, uh, you have to be an awesome listener. Um, so if you want to if you want to love people, you go where they are. And the second thing you do is you, is then you know them. And the way you know somebody is by asking well-informed, uh, spirit-led questions, where you're listening, you're asking the spirit to help you with them, and and they're just open-ended questions. Um, I know that may sound simple, uh, but man, I mean, think about how Jesus did his ministry. How many times in his rabbinical tradition did he flip a situation around and ask it in the form of a question? rather than just making another statement. Or even God in the garden, when he's pursuing Adam and Eve. He doesn't come down with statements, he comes with questions like, where are you? 
Like, what happened, you know? And so he's engaging in relationship and, and people love to share their story. And what an awesome way to meet people where they are and actually love them with the spirit of Christ by listening to their story. Not only being where they are, but then allowing them the opportunity to share who they are. And that comes through um, just really good questions and being patient to listen and, and really trying to, you know, I mean, if you wanna just put some math to it, not being legalistic here, but maybe for every one statement you're prepared to make, there's three questions that surround that and having that ratio so that we would be quick to, to listen and, and slow to speak in that, in that arena. So first, we love them by going where they are. And then secondly, we know them so that um, we have some context for where the gospel might make sense. And then thirdly, that third sphere would be speak. Uh, and now, and now we're, we're ready to speak, we're ready to share. We are ready to make some statements. And um, you know, we can, we can talk a lot of different statements and, and um, how we would do this. Uh, but what, what's really awesome is, uh, Two things. By the time you get to this point, you've gone to where they are, you've entered their world, you've known them, you've allowed their world to make sense to you. Now, when you're sharing um, like gospel truth, you're not just sharing it in some sort of like transaction type way or like, hey, I have, a, I have like a memorized routine presentation for you. You're actually personalizing the beauty of the gospel to their situation, to their life or to this city. Um, and so as you listen to the pains and the hurts and the brokenness of your city, you then know how the gospel makes sense. Sometimes it's it, because you know how the gospel um, is like a, um, like a diamond. Uh, again, Keller talks about it and he's like, you know, you can turn it and you can see different, different prisms of it. So sometimes it's the gospel of freedom or sometimes it's the gospel of renewal or sometimes it's the gospel of, of new family. Sometimes it's the gospel of um, uh, covering shame. But you would need to know the city and the people you're, you're ministering to to actually share a, a relevant gospel to them. Um, it's always Christ crucified and resurrected, but certainly there's different angles to that. And so for us, what we do when it comes time to speak, uh, what we, you know, in an ideal situation, uh, from, this is how it's been working out for me, and, and we try to move this throughout the church, is um, this, this idea of the four Gs. Maybe you're familiar with that from Tim Chester's book, You Can Change, God is Good. Um, therefore, I don't need to look elsewhere. God is great. Therefore, I don't need to be in control. God is glorious. Therefore, I don't need to fear others. And um, God is gracious. Therefore, I don't need to prove myself. You see, most people, whether they're in the church or out of the church, are living out of one of those paradigms. They're either trying to prove themselves, working too hard, neglecting family, whatever the case may be, uh, or, or they're looking for their good in the wrong place, substances, um, again, relationships, even religion or they're like they're angry or, or they're um, full of fear and they're they're control they're they're looking for control and they've forgotten how great god is you know or they've got a huge fear of approval and the glory of people has overtaken the glory of god so what's cool is when you go to speak and you have a gospel framework that can help sort of compartmentalize where people might be in those four categories. Maybe like it's a God is good moment where it, I, can sh I can share the gospel of how good God is and how they don't need to look elsewhere. Or maybe it's a, dude, they're just overwhelmed with life and depression, anxiety, all that stuff. And I can, rem I can remind them that, that in the gospel through Christ, God is so great and you don't need to be in control. Or maybe it's like a, God is, is incredibly gracious and I can see that you're just, you're killing yourself trying to prove yourself, man. Like in the gospel, we have a gracious father and you don't need to live like that. You can be free from that or, or it's the, that image management stuff. 
It's just like, man, God is so much gl more glorious than the people you're trying to manage. Like, let that go. You know, so um, when we do speak, we just don't want to speak um, just kind of like scripture bombing them, like, you know, another Romans 8.28 and run. What we want to do is like really um, lovingly apply the gospel to their area of need um, as we speak the truth to them. And then finally, um, do. So the do is where we commit to the process of change, which is oftentimes slow and super messy. Um, and so once we've, we've entered their world, we've asked well-informed questions, um, we've spoken gospel truth to them and invited them to sort of like the better party that is Jesus, we then uh, commit to walk alongside them, whether you're talking about the city, which means for us, it meant like, you know, moving here. Um, joining, like trying to put down roots here and say like, we're a part of Delray and we're gonna be a part of Delray as, as we watch it change and as we watch the kingdom of God come. That's both on a personal level when you're working with people one-on-one -on -one, and it's also on a city level when you say, hey, like we're here for, for the good and the bad, for the ups and the downs. Like we believe that Delray is where God has called us to be. And so, um, you know, we wanna be a part of that as God does his work in a journey type fashion, not an event type fashion. So what, we've, what we tried to do is take an approach with this love, no speak, do that's long and messy and slow growing, usually. Um, it's, it, there are events and there are significant moments that happen, but like, you know, you understand you might love a person for like six months before you get to that point of having like broken in, asked enough questions to know where the gospel makes sense. And then... And then it's like when, when they do become aware of the gospel, it's like, man, okay, that sounds really awesome and, and like uh, something that I would uh, want to incorporate into my life, but maybe their heart's not ready. You know, it's like God's timing. Of course it could happen before that. We're prepared for it, but it's just like even after you get to share Christ and you're sharing Christ over and over again, man, there's still the start-stop that, that comes along, um, especially in, in sort of early, early belief. And, and that's where the do comes in, where we commit to just that, that process of not um, caring about what those on the outside think, but that we're gonna be planted here and, and we're gonna associate ourselves and connect with those who are walking through um, the mess of, of what we call trying to understand that new woman and that new, that new man in Christ. So that's been um, kind of our thing. I'll just kind of close with this idea of, um, I think it's uh, Jeff Vanderstelt in Gospel Fluency who talks about, like, if you give them one thing, um, give them Jesus. Give, keep giving them Jesus. Even if you mess it up in the spheres, you know, you, you didn't love well, you didn't, in questions, you froze up, you, you didn't know how to ask the right questions, or that, that was awkward, or you moved right into statements. What, what, it's okay. Just keep giving them Jesus, keep pointing them to Jesus, and keep like allowing them to know that you yourself need Jesus. Um, because when you become one of them, as opposed to somebody who is just kind of like coming in from the outside, uh, I think it gives you a lot more authority and credit um, because you're, you're figuring this out with them. We, I need Jesus just as much as they do, whether they're a believer or not. And um, uh, when, we, when you come at it from that perspective, uh, it creates a, a platform of humility that, that's pretty uh, inviting. And so as far as Del Rey goes, man, we just, um, you know, you can kind of look at it in a couple of different uh, spheres. There's a recovery community, a minority community, education, business, downtown, recreation, homeless, elderly, orphan, faith. Um, and the idea is that 
there would be a, like that, that love, no speak, do presence in all those. But here's the deal, and this is one of the things that we've been learning as a church. Um, we can't be in all those places. Like one church can't do that. Um, but the church can. And, and that's what's been really cool is understanding, hey, this is kind of where God's called us to, and maybe this, this, this sphere and that, that sphere, but, and this is what God's doing through Joy Church, and this is what God's doing through Redemption Church. Here's what Trinity we're playing. And when you begin to have more of a kingdom mindset, then you can really lean in to that hundred mindset as opposed to trying to be above average to a million. So it's a refreshing time. It's, a, it's an awesome season. And... Um, Hopefully you guys be able to take some helpful principles out of this and I keep, keep giving people Jesus. Thanks. Well, I'm just always so blessed when I'm around Pastor Casey. It's just a blessing to be around, to have him in our city, and it's probably because he's just so kingdom-minded. And one thing that we do here on this Leadership Lessons podcast is I give you a book every month that I recommend that I think that would bless you. And this is another book that is very kingdom-minded, that is not just about one church, but about God's kingdom and many churches coming together to reach uh, many people. And it's by a brother named David Ferguson uh, called Hero Maker. And, and I just love this book. I remember first reading one of David Ferguson's books called Exponential about eight years ago before I planted uh, Redemption Church Delray Beach and was blessed to be able to come to Florida. And he does an exponential conference, a church planning conference, um, every year down in Florida. It's one of the largest church planning conferences in the world. And I've been going to it for years, just learning from this guy. He just came out with a new book. It's May, so I figured I'd give you a, a recommended book, Hero Maker, by him. And just to whet your appetite, give you a couple of quotes from this book. He says, Hero Makers understand that growth is not about creating more seating capacity, but creating more sending capacity. Uh, the key to becoming a leader who multiplies great leaders is having a kingdom mindset. And this brother does have this kingdom mindset, man. Uh, we need to understand if we're going to reach people, it cannot be about us. It needs to be about God and His kingdom. And so he goes on and says, The very act of dreaming big will change how you think, how others around you think, and ultimately how you behave. He gives this challenge in this book to dream high, have big goals, and only God can do it. And if to have a dream, you have to have um, a team, and you have to work with people. And God has placed servants all around us to partner, to love our city. And so he goes on another quote, says, I think one of the things we need to learn as leaders is the discipline of listening to the Spirit of God to discern what He is doing in raising up leaders around us. And remember, if we're going to be a hero maker, we're not the hero. We make heroes. We, we find people, pour our lives into them, and have the gospel multiply to many different people. And so he gives us this reminder we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, abiding in Jesus to bear this fruit. Uh, he goes on and says, as a leader, you need to go first. You will produce what you do, not what you teach, but what you do. And I think this is so important for us. This is why we need to continue to practice the disciplines, to abide in Jesus, to, to have our relationship with Him on fire and just cultivate that as we serve people. Ministry should be an overflow of our heart. He lastly says, apprenticeship is the core competency of any movement of God. And I, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you would fall in love with Jesus, that you would be a true disciple, apprentice of Jesus, follower of the way, follower of Him the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus, that you would love Him in ministry would be an overflow of your heart. And so 
I love being kingdom mind. I love being around Casey, and I love being around this next guy that's going to share one piece of advice. Pastor uh, Vince Putman, uh, man, he um, he is just a blessing to our community. Uh, he's been here for uh, many years, uh, almost ten years in Delray Beach, and he's going to talk about how he experienced trying to reach people that are unchurched um, and how he values this as a priority as a leader uh, and i'm just so grateful that both of these guys are so different but yet we're all doing the mission of god here in delray beach together and so uh, here is pastor vince putman's one piece of advice you're listening to one piece of advice brought to you by eeleaders.com a ministry to encourage and equip church leaders. I'm Vince Putnam, a senior pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church in Delray Beach, Florida. And my one piece of advice uh, would be to pastors to unpack and teach every part of the service every week. Uh, planning on the person that's sitting out in the in the pews or in this in the chairs that um, is in a church for the first time in a worship service in the first for the first time, and the way that I learned this lesson was uh, I put an ad on Craigslist uh, where I offered to for somebody who had never been to our worship services before to come and worship, and I offered to pay them like twenty dollars to fill out a survey afterward, and the survey had things like. Um, did you enjoy the message? Were the people friendly? Uh, was the music good? And I would generally get yeses to all those questions. But at the end, I had a question of, uh, would you come back? Why or why not? And out of 50 or so, uh, I got one person to say that they would come back and the rest said that they wouldn't. And the why or why not was in one way or another, basically that they couldn't connect with what was happening. It wasn't uh, meaningful for them in terms of, of enabling them to participate in a meaningful way and connecting them with God in a meaningful way. And, uh, you know, those, those uh, surveys were a real dagger to the heart and a real eye-opener that what we were doing on Sunday morning was not connecting to God to a person that had never been in the church before. And uh, so what we started doing is just thinking through every part of the service from the littlest things and uh, teaching into those things and unpacking them every single Sunday so that... Um, so that people could uh, uh, experience those things in a meaningful way, even if they've never seen them or experienced them before. So that's my advice. Well, I really love both of these guys, Pastor Vince, Pastor Casey. It's such a joy to serve Jesus with them and many other pastors in our area, in our city, and in this region. God is doing a great work. Even some of you that um, may be close or far away, it's about God's kingdom. And this is one of the reasons why I have this podcast, not only to build into the leaders at Redemption Church, but also to build into and invest in your life. Uh, whether you go to uh, Redemption Church or you're in South Florida or maybe you're in a different region or even country, uh, we're all in this together, servants of Jesus, humbled by His grace and wanting to let people know about His gospel. And so next week, I want to share a lesson with you. I've had many friends and guests, but uh, next week I'm going to be preaching a little bit, sharing with you about partnering with other churches to reach 
your city, giving you some practical advices. I've partnered with many church leaders, uh, as you see through the podcast, but also locally here uh, in this area. And I was blessed to be able to do a workshop with Pastor Vince uh, out in Phoenix, Arizona a month ago, month or two ago uh, at a conference, just strategically talking about how do you partner with other denominations, other church leaders to reach your people for Jesus. And so I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you, giving you some practical insight and wisdom that um, I've experienced. And hopefully you can glean some wisdom off of that. And we want to reach as many people for Jesus as possible. And so thanks for listening. Thanks for following Jesus, for being an example. Thanks for doing all that you're doing. Make sure that you uh, continue to pray for those that are in your area, to pray for the church leaders, but those that are lost or disconnected to the church. Uh, let's continue to do this together. And I pray that these episodes, this first half of the season has blessed you, has encouraged you and equipped you. If you would be so kind, could you recommend it to other church leaders? Could you give us a review on iTunes? Could you continue to just be faithful to the call that God has called you to do? And thank you for allowing me to speak uh, truth into your life. Um, until next time, know that I'm praying for you. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it will encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.